Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Wednesday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined down the line once again by Joel Skid. Hello. And we're once again going to be doing our top 12s for a specific position in the Scottish Premiership. And this occasion, it is wide players or wingers, wide midfielders, whatever you want to call them. We're going to run through the best wide midfielders uh, in the Scottish Premiership uh, at, the, at the, the best at the time of uh, the, the lockdown. So this one, certainly a lot easier than the top 12 centre midfielders, which was a bit of a nightmare where there was players that I really quite liked that were being, you know, not just left out. They weren't even, you know, cracking the top 15 or the top 18 or something. This list is a Mm -hmm. bit more, I only really have a lot of love for my top eight. And there was only about another three or four players that I even properly considered going into the, the 12. Yeah, so I mean, my top twelve. I actually, I, I like my top twelve. Uh, some players have maybe not played as well as I would have liked to see them this uh, past season. But like you, there's only three players who, three four players who have left off that came into consideration. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling bad for leaving them off. Right. Let's just get right to it. Who is your number twelve? My number twelve is Johnston wide man Dre Wright. I do not have Dre Wright. Oh, okay. I uh, I did previously quite like Dre Wright, I think, last season. Uh, I had him in my... I definitely had him in my top 12. And despite the fact that he'd been out injured since November, I think I had him reasonably high as well. One thing that I've, I've come to not like about Dre Wright... So Dre Wright puts in a, a lot of work. He's very fast. He, he can take the ball quickly up the park. But I don't like the fact that he's 
combined goals and assists this season, I think, is only one. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, a bit of an issue. Yeah, so th- this is this is the key reason he is so far down because I, I I really like I really like Dre Wright, not so much as uh, as Mike Kennedy, but if he had that, if he had a bit more substance to his game, had a bit more end product, then he would be a lot further up the t- uh, the, the list, and he'd probably be similar to. Matty Kennedy, who was wanted by Hearts and Aberdeen, eventually went to Aberdeen. Dre Wright is out of contract at the end of the season. Similar, he was in a similar position to Kennedy. St Johnston, having lost Kennedy, are really keen to to tie him down. Whereas I think if if that well, if it wasn't for that injury and if they hadn't tied him down beforehand, he would probably be in a similar position where teams would have been kind of tripping over each other to 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 sign him up. It's that injury really. It's one of those one of those annoyances over the last uh, last two seasons is that it would have been really good to see what Wright was would have been capable of if he had uh, maybe kicked on from his excellent start. But even last even last season, you make uh, the, the the lack of goals and assists for the talent and kind of threat he poses is a concern. The I think the the game that's the game that stands out for me is the is, is the one up at uh, Dingwall back in February. I think I'm just checking that just now. Where uh, Chris Kane and Stevie May played really well. It was uh, so it was one one back in February, and that was when St- they conceded the late goal, wasn't it? Yes, St Johnston for. For the vast majority of the game, especially the first half, are absolutely brilliant. They're, they played really well. They should have won, but should have won comfortably, but they they, they didn't effectively. And Dre Wright had two or three chances late on. I think uh, just before Billy McKay scored that late goal, Dre Wright had two or three chances, really presentable ones. Whether it was to set up a teammate or to to finish the match off, he just he just he just didn't do it. Which I think that kind of, it, when it comes down to it, that's why he's not on your list and he's 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 twelfth of mine. Because you look at him, he's 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 got a lot of a lot of attributes. He's so quick. He puts on a lot of crosses. Sometimes he's quite good at really dangerous crosses. But yeah, I was, you, I was actually going to say that it's quite weird that he doesn't have like in his entire time at St Johnston. I think he's got only one top flight assist and it's strange because his crossing is pretty strong. Uh, 36.5%. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the f- fourth best amongst uh, wingers in the Scottish top flight. So then, then again, you should look be getting at, more. You look at St Johnston's strikers, maybe yeah, Henry would have uh, kind of enjoyed his, his service, but May and Kane are not the, like the, 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 the type of uh, the type of strikers that really thrive on crosses. Uh, amusingly that his assist came in his last his last appearance. It was at the Livingston one uh, 0 win at McDermott Park. If I remember correctly, he was absolutely terrible in this match. I think it was a really poor match, but he was really bad. And then he popped up with an assist. Uh, ironic then, because he plays well and then doesn't uh, kind of impact the scoreline. Yes. But yeah, I think it maybe speaks to your point about uh, his inability to kill a game off at county is that his problem maybe isn't in his technique in terms of crossing and try to pick men out. It's maybe in his kind of poise and decision making in the final third. Right, my number twelve. So this is. Um, 
A couple of wild, I've got a couple of wild card ones in here. Uh, I'm going to go with number twelve. This is kind of based on the first half of the season rather than any kind of form since January, which has kind of tailed off. Although I think injuries have been a problem with that. I've got Ryan Hedges. Yes, I've 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 got him. Uh, I've, I've got him on my list. Okay, cool. So you've got him higher than me. Uh, the reason I've got, I, got him one higher. Okay, the reason why I had him uh, so low was just because of the fact that he hasn't really played that well this year overall, mm-hmm. and Aberdeen fans have been grumbling about him. But I think he was very much a big part of their kind of success early in the season. Uh, I need to quickly just go to the tallies, but he's goals and assists so far. He's got eight, which makes him fifth place amongst wingers, so that's pretty strong. He's also a really strong crosser of the ball, best crosser of the ball, I call it a wise guy, best crosser of the ball amongst wingers in the Scottish top flight, and, and by a clear margin as well. And you can see from me, he's a... He's uh, for a winger as well. He's big, big, strong, tall. He certainly packs certainly he certainly packs a lot of power in his shots, as witnessed by the thunderbolt that defeated Hearts, mm-hmm. and also the game recently against well, not recently, <laughs> one of the most recent games he would have played in against Hibs, where he absolutely cracked the post as well with a shot from uh, the edge of the area. So the, there's certainly a lot going from. He does seem to be maybe. I know like most wingers are confidence players, but he, he maybe seems to be more so than anybody. Uh, and kind of also was part of the reason why he didn't seem to arrive at Aberdeen with much a reputation when I wasn't really sold on the, the signing to begin with. But I think if this, the lockdown is probably, there's going to be players that the lockdown actually comes at a great time for. And I think he might be one of them struggling to get back in the side, having some injury problems, form kind of dipping. This kind of allows him to restart and then go again whenever if we finish the season or if it just goes into the next season. Yeah, not much I can add on that. The big, the big thing is is how he's how his seasons tailed off. There was there was times when when Aberdeen were really struggling and he was struggling to get in the team. I think there was a wee bit there was calls, uh, not pressure on McInnes, but certainly questions of McInnes why he's not picking. Picking hedges, he played in the centre a couple of times as well, which I found strange because he is he is someone who I think has has that has that uh, poses that danger which Niall McGinn has over his time in Scotland, where he can look like he's going one way and shift it quickly and and zip in really dangerous balls or in swinging and really hard to de, uh, to defend. But look at his league. Can his league league productivity? Nothing's really came off from since the since the winter break. He has completed ninety minutes once in the last twenty two league games. So I think there's there's almost it's like there's a trust factor where McInnes has seen something that he just can't quite trust uh, trust from Hedges and the way he has. The way his minutes have gone as well. So he's it, it was it was a case of he was playing. He was coming off after like seventy, like seventy fifth, sixty sixty fifth, seventy fifth minute, and then it just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And then he just found himself on the uh, the bench. So there's there's, there's a reason why uh, there is a reason for that. He's he adapted really quickly as well. Because sometimes you'd see that it'd be the opposite where he would had just be getting minutes here here and there, and then. Uh, find his rhythm so it was, it was strange the way it's worked out yeah so you've got him at number 11 yes my number 11 is Rolando Ahrens Motherwell oh that's that's another wild card yeah so that's certainly a wild card because I think he's only played seven games for Motherwell yes uh, but it does qualify we specified only five <laughs> 
I've been quite impressed with him. And I, I wasn't somebody who was too big on the signing because I kind of watched videos of him and I thought, he's one of these players, that he, he looks good, you think he's going to be a player, but is he doesn't have enough of an end product. And maybe that will still uh, prove to be the case if, if, he, if he ever plays for Motherwell again because he's only on loan, uh, if he gets a shot next season or, or whatever. But I have to be impressed with the fact that he's a very exciting player to watch, mm-hmm. somebody who loves to, to run with the football, very elusive winger. So somebody who not only loves to run with it, can, can avoid defenders, skip past them as well. Always something that Scottish football fans love to see from the wide players. And I think his crossing's been better than uh, what was to be expected of him as well. It's obviously very fast, nippy, and also one thing that kind of stood out in the, the game against Hearts especially was that he's very strong for a wide player. So any, any fullback that maybe lacks that little bit of you know, balance or, or upper body, you know, uh, musculinity. Is that, is that a word? <laughs> I think I made up a word. <laughs> uh, then he can exploit that and, you know, shove them off the ball and, and beat them that way as well. So, yeah, a big sample size, and that's what makes it a little bit of a, possibly a, a controversial uh, inclusion as opposed to some other players who have been playing all season. But I've liked what I've seen so far from him. Yeah, to be fair, to be honest, he didn't come into into consideration for me. For Aaron's having can having seen him built up down south, because I think he was uh, he was one of those players at Newcastle who I think they regarded very highly and expected more of. I think he went to play for Hellas Verona in Italy. He, he was just a player that always seemed to the the phrase flattered and deceived just seemed to be made, to be made from, but. He is someone I think who could be a, it would be quite a force in Scottish football, as as you mentioned, his pace, his his, his power as well, his strength is uh, can re- could really take him a long way. And found it quite interesting that towards uh, the end of the season before the postponement, that Stephen Robinson even was happy to play him as a as a wing back as well. So he might have made it into my list if there was a longer. Um, kind of longer samples or a bigger sample size so who's your number 10 my number 10 is someone i really like but i couldn't quite justify him putting up any higher and uh, that's chris burke oh wow i i will justify putting chris burke much higher <laughs> oh really okay, yeah, okay. I've come significantly higher than you um, oh well, interesting Ten to i know well maybe not a bunch but yeah uh, i've got the top half oh Okay, <laughs> for Burke, what's your problem? So there's so players there's there's players uh, above them who I think are simply just 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 better, more talented players, and others who have maybe been a bit more productive. But I've I've talked about I talked about one of you from the terrace uh, before we went off air. I just I used to, he's someone he's a player who I didn't really uh, appreciate too much in his first spell in in, in Scottish football with, uh, certainly with Rangers and I just thought he was he was quite a, just a, a a busy nippy winger he went down south and I think he he found real consistency he built he got a great um built a great great career for himself in England and it's only when he's, he's came back up and you really appreciate his intelligence. Uh, of players a winger because when you you look at wingers you expect them they expect them to be uh, quite quite inconsistent you you, you don't un, untrustworthy unreliable but Chris Burke is, is is none of those things he's such a crucial um, um, crucial player for Kelly playing 
playing wide. He can fit into a 4-3-3, he can fit into a 4-4-2. He knows how to play the position so well. And he's crossing, I really, really like he's crossing whether it's set pieces or uh, from open play. It, it, when he does hit the ball, it looks like he is using every sinew uh, to generate power on it or to, uh, to generate... So he's like putting everything in his body into it, but he, he gets some great trajectory on his crosses, great pace, puts him into really dangerous areas. Seen him one of this um, one of the individual performances of the season. I seen him against Hearts when Kelly won three 0 and he just tore even like someone like Michael Smith. He just tore Michael Smith to shred. Michael Smith to shreds. And the more I talk about him, the more I think him. He should probably be up two places uh, for me. So I've got him at tenth, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering if I should maybe move him to eighth. Right, I've got. Um, I said I've only, uh, only I had two uh, wild cards. I've probably got three wild cards. Cause I'm very much doubt you had this player on your list, and I'm maybe a good reason for it. And maybe I'm starting to think I've maybe made a mistake here uh, because he is he is older in age and he's not played since December. So if you get an injury when you're out for four months and counting, sorry, five months and counting, uh, then there are question marks as to whether you can come back to any sort of level. So I've maybe made a mistake here, but I've already written the list, so I'm just going to go with it anyway. At number 10, I've got the forever forever young himself, Michael Garding. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm, was... I'm, 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 re- I'm really curious to see who you've... I, mean, I, I know we've discussed one player you've, who you've not got on, and I've got him just because we're unsure about position. Yeah. But I'm really curious to see who you've not got on right. further up. That'll be interesting as well. Gardine still does a, a vital job for County that he's always done uh, throughout his, his days at County, not uh, with any other club where he, he seemed to be, you know, he's always seemed to be a bit rubbish. <laughs> County managed, to be fair, what was it? Kelly and Dundee Wright usually played them as a number 10 and he just uh, didn't quite, um, it didn't work for him at either of those clubs. He, he seems to have been at his best in the wing and his best, one of his best attributes is taking the ball from A to B up the park and I think that County have missed that points this season. Uh, while he's been out, and fans have always, despite his age, uh, always been pining for him to get back in the team. He's one of the, the best dribblers of the ball in the top flight. He's also not a bad crosser. He can also score goals. I still think he's been one of County's, you know, up until his injury, I thought he was one of County's better players. And yeah, he's and also, you know, longevity as well. Past, past glories of keeping him in as well. Ask glories of being all right. <laughs> like I said, I, I was only really big on my um, top eight. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I found it curious because I, I remember seeing uh, him and Mullen uh, against Hearts second game of the season, the 0-0 game, yeah. and they, they were fantastic. And it, it didn't seem to um, work too well for them as a, as a duel uh, going um Going forward into the season, and if if anything, it was it would probably be kind of Mullen who would have been pushing for a place from 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 County. So yeah, that's that's a wild card. Yeah, I didn't really know. I, I kind of wanted to pick one of the County two because they're a big part of uh, County's you know style of play. I went for Garden over Mullen, just kind of looking through the, the stats comparing the, the both players. I just thought that Gardine's well were better really across the board. Uh, Mullen. The only thing he kind of got going is that he's taken the most crosses of any mm. winger in the in the top flight, but his accuracy isn't really good. So it's kind of is is that a positive or is it a negative that he's taken so many? Yeah, especially when you when you consider these the the people he's got to aim at. Bill and Kai's decent 
getting on crosses, but then you've got uh, Ross Stewart as well. Mullen is sometimes I think he's one uh, one dimensional, but let's he's not an either for less, so uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, so that leaves us, so we're on to number, number nine. nine now. So this is my number nine slash ten, because Chris Burke uh, bumped up. Uh, so it's, it's someone who I don't think you've got on your list, Mikey Johnston. No, I don't. So he is some, he uh, is, was not included originally on my list, and then the more I thought of it, it was that balancing act between someone who hasn't played too much football as uh, in terms of a, a first team regular consistently to someone who has bags of potential and talent so I think kind of talent alone I think he'd probably justify being higher up or potential uh, higher up but he just I think he gets in on being a Celtic player but let's face it he's, he's only played but he's played 21 games and I think he's He's, uh, he scored six times and had this kind of similar number of uh, for assists. He's, he's played that. He started in big games. Injuries have gone against him. So when he when he's been fit, he has someone that Neil Lennon has liked a lot. You look at him and when he does play in his own form, he is he's, he's so so good. He is a, reminds me a bit of Scott Sinclair. In the way he can take the ball from left, drive in field, and he can skip past challenges. It's like he's on that slalom where he can just, uh, you called Rolando uh, uh, Aaron's elusive. Johnson has, has definitely got that. It just, it just Everything just seems so natural to him that I, I think he is, he's got massive, massive potential. I think that that's regarded at Celtic, but the problem is, is his he kind of keeps breaking down. I don't know if there's, I remember reading an article, I don't know if there was, there's maybe a mental aspect to it, but there's definitely obviously a physical aspect to it that he's missed, he's missed large chunks chunks of games. But I think as someone, I think as a player, if he gets a, a run of games, which I think would have been the case under Lennon if he stayed fit, you see because he kept Scott Sinclair out of the team, out of the squad, that he is potential for um, making great strides and getting in the Scotland team I am going to be honest I forgot about Mikey Johnson uh, he must not have played well, I was kind of looking to the stats and stuff he must not have played enough to kind of come up on a few of them so that's probably how yeah, I missed so him as well he uh, he's only played in 11 11 Premiership games and in that he's, he, started, he only started 4 Premiership games because now, now I'm feeling a bit embarrassed because I'm going to go with my next player who <laughs> um who <laughs> doesn't? Who I don't think is as good as Mikey Johnson, and plays in the same team, and that's Johnny Hayes at number nine. Oh wow! <laughs> he's, he's not on my list. <laughs> uh, well, the reason why I've got, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make a defence for Johnny Hayes right here. He's still one of the most active crossers of the ball in in Scottish football. He's still one of the best dribblers of the ball in Scottish football. He's still somebody dependable who can get up and down the pitch. He is somebody where we've talked about. I talked about this when it must have been the centre midfielder I feel I've, I've mentioned this quite recently when I, I'd said players who at, at, at other clubs at uh, any of the other 10 in the top flight you kind of think oh they're a good player and they're underrated because they don't play for, for Glasgow's two and then they they go up to Celtic or Rangers and they don't quite show the same I don't think it was on I can't remember which podcast it was on it was on a podcast recently where we talked about this 
and they just don't show that same level of ability. And I was saying, like, maybe you do just have to be a better footballer to play for Celtic and Rangers to get those moves in the first place and to then play uh, most weeks. I think that Johnny Hayes has been overall a disappointment at Celtic because he's not matched the kind of the electric player that we saw at Aberdeen. But at the same time, I still think that if you put Johnny Hayes even now on most teams in the league, the fans of that team would be saying, brilliant, we've got ourselves a player here. And I just think it's because he's clearly not as talented as most players in that Celtic squad. But I still think he's a very good wide player. He's not as good as Mikey Johnson, though. No. <laughs> there's, there's, two things for, there's two things for Hayes for me. The first one I'll pick, on is you, uh, pick up on is something you mentioned about the almost the the perception of the player like Hayes when he's with uh, an Aberdeen Hearts or Hibs like that, and then he goes to goes to Celtic, going from, from being this kind of star player at Celtic, he's more of a functional player. Mm-hmm. So he's as Lennon's used him, he's, he's been he's been a utility player. Lennon really likes him, but he's he's not been that. Uh, that 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 star man he was at Aberdeen, where most games he was a, he was a standout. So you notice him more, but yeah. because he is, his kind of his talents almost diluted within all the the talents uh, the quality that Celtic have. Secondly, similar to something I said about Dre, right? This doesn't really uh, reflect on him this season. Is a, it was a bit of a, a shame that he suffered a bad injury so early on in his in his Celtic career that you wonder if if that didn't happen if you had to. Had a more prominent role in the team, so yeah, I, I because just... he, he kind of he didn't have a great start to his sort of career, but he was starting to finally pick up yeah. a bit of form when he suffered that injury. I think it was on Boxing Day against Dundee, so about yeah, about five months into his Celtic career, just when he was finally starting to look like he could be worth the kind of hype he came along with. But no, I think you've got two different uh, with Johnson and Hayes. You've got two. You've got. Two different players, uh, in stages in their career, but also their standing at, at Celtic as well. I just think, going back to Johnson, I, I just think he's a really talented player. I think he's yes. really, really good to watch, and he's just someone you hope gets uh, get kind of free off his uh, free his injuries. Right, have we done your number nine? So that was uh, Johnson. Johnson, yes, yeah, sorry. So my nine was Hayes because I forgot Johnson. Number eight. Number eight is Niall McGinn. Oh, wow. Have you not got him or you got him a lot higher? I have got him a lot higher. Oh, really? Yes. I was, so, Niall McGinn, see if, see if I wrote my list out without looking at, uh, kind of looking back at stats, looking back at Aberdeen uh, in performances. Niall McGinn would have been lower and then I had him a wee bit higher uh, I had them too higher and then kept on messing around with my list. McGinn he's never for me just just watching as watching as a football fan. He's 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 never reached the the heights of his first spell at Aberdeen, which earned him a move to. Was it, he went to South Korea? Was it? Yes. Well, uh, and even before he moved to South Korea, I thought he was kind of not tailing off, but there was there was drop in performance. So it was, there was always that comparison to to the McGinn. Aberdeen when it was him and Hayes and they were just uh, tearing shit up. It's taken him a while to find his kind of rhythm again since coming back to Pataudry. Even then, there's, there's games where I watch him like he's, he's, he doesn't maybe dominate or produce in the way 
the way he kind of won him to or previously thought he, thought he used to. But I don't know if it's just my mind being tri- playing tricks on him because you actually you look at what he's produced for Aberdeen and he's been very, very productive. Yes. Uh, I'll get to the reasons why. I, I definitely have him a lot higher uh, than eighth. Um, my eighth is Matty Kennedy. Uh, and he has been bumped in a little bit because maybe we were recently biased that his time at Aberdeen so far hasn't been all that great. But uh, we know how hard it is sometimes for attacking players to fit seamlessly in a, a Derek McInnes team. So I'm thinking that with a bit more time playing with Aberdeen, he's another player that perhaps the, the shutdowns may become a decent a decent opportunity allows him to get settled a little bit more uh, to, well, I don't know if he moved up to Aberdeen or whatever, but uh, maybe maybe just even get the head around, wrapped around the fact he now plays for Aberdeen and there's, there's higher demands and, and whatnot. But Kennedy still, uh, despite the fact that maybe not going into to Aberdeen and being as good as he could have been, still a very productive player on the Scottish top flight. Somebody who's not only... Creative around the, the final third uh, is evidenced by the fact that he's in the top eight, I think, for goals and assists amongst wingers. He's also can play through the centre as a number 10 uh, or as a second striker. We've seen him do that enough. He, he's got the guile to, to do that. And also he can play as a winger in the sense that he likes to run with the ball, second amongst uh, wingers in terms of dribbles attempted. And he's a very good crosser in the top five for both accuracy and attempts. I disagree with you on Kennedy saying this. This was a good time for the season to shut for Kennedy. I actually think he was coming on to. Uh, he was actually settled, starting to settle, and he was coming on to a game uh, under McInnes. I thought he was. I think it was his debut. It was his debut again? Was against St Mirren and the no no game. I'm just checking that two seconds. Yeah, the the no no game. I think it was shown on Sky Sports on a Sunday. And Aberdeen were so one pace. You thought this is a, they had no one in the middle. They played a midfield three of Ferguson. I think it was Ferguson, Oyo, and Mikiok, if I remember correctly. And there was no guile in the centre of the pitch, especially against a team like St Mirren, who are robust. They're really well organised under Jim Goodwin. So you need someone in that centre, uh, the centre of the pitch, who can find space and take the ball in tight areas. But they just kept McKenny out. Uh, out wide and it was just so frustrating but over time I think he's he's really adjusted he's made big impact on in the Scottish Cup and then you actually go back to his time at St Johnston other than probably Alan McCann Mike Kennedy was the kind of player you were relying on to pull St Johnston out of uh, out of the muck out of the dark there was times where he maybe didn't deliver what Saints fans would have would have liked, but more often than not, he was a big player for them, uh, attacking wise, and he th- uh, thoroughly deserved deserved his move because I, I think he's just he's one of those players who has got a bit of everything. I think when I look at him, he strikes me as if if he got a bad injury, then it would, it would take him a lot, of, uh, take him longer maybe to find a hundred percent. Uh, kind of fitness just because he's got that build but when he is fit the build is fantastic because he's really quick over he's got a good acceleration really quick uh, um, certainly over short and uh, long um, long distances but he's got that uh, he's, he's got that behind they can back into players he can take it he can use uh, use his strength really well he's really skillful uh, I'm a big fan of him and I've got him in seventh all right, cool. So I'll just go straight to my number seven, yeah. who is Stephen Lawless, who I'm guessing you've got higher. 
Oh yes, I've, yes, I've got I've got Stephen Lawless there. I've, I still, I've got. I think you might be surprised where I've got Stephen Lawless. I it might be. I still I still find it very hard to to buy into to Stephen Lawless. I, I it's probably just a, a, a kind of hangover from when I used to watch him more. So I've I've not quite managed to watch as many games this season as last season as I as I did previous. And I think the last season I saw Stephen Lawless uh, saw him pretty much play every game for Pag Thistle. I thought he was quite poor that campaign, and I wasn't a big fan of him anyway. I thought he was always somebody who looked like a like a, a threatening attacker. Can he, he's got the well, he looks like a winger, can he? he just uh, the way he kind of carries himself, his height, his, his movement. But I just never really thought it kind of translated into anything productive. And now I know. It's definitely translated into something productive this season because he has got uh, how many goals and assists combined? It's something quite high. It is fourteen goals and yeah. assists combined. So it's, uh, more than is it uh, one more than London Dykes? Yes, and he's certainly been huge for Livingston this season. I, I'm probably just harsh enough. Well, first of all, I do I do like every one of my top eight, so there is that to be said. So I, I was kind of saying like a. It's fine. I've found it harder to take the loss than a lot of players, and that's true. But I do recognise that he's been very good this season and was pretty good last season for Livingston as well. I just still wonder whether he is another example. I've talked about Marvin Bartley as well. Another example of just Livingston's ability to get more than the sum of their parts. And Lawless getting four, combined 14 goals and assists this season, to me, kind of screams that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a slight, uh, uh, without knowing his, the, kind of the stats he put up for Partick Thistle, uh, it does strike as a bit of a, an anomaly for his career. Yeah, I was. I, I can't imagine that at Thistle it was any more than like three assists and two goals or something in any one season. <laughs> maybe, maybe a bit overly harsh, but I don't know, I was it's never a huge fan of Stephen Lawless, but I do recognise he's played well this season. He's a very... Him and, and Pittman are, are really big to their kind of supporting the strikers. And then Craig Sibble's played quite well this season as well. It's kind of a supporting player to to Lyndon Dykes up front because you've got Dykes. Dykes is like a, you know, he's a planet up there. He's got his own orbit. He's, he's such a mm. great target man at this level. But you still need players coming from midfield to supplement that and to, you know, to chip in with goals and creativity. And Lawless has certainly done that this season. And he, he's... That could be another thing as well. He's playing with uh, Lyndon Dykes. Maybe Lyndon Dykes just makes everybody better. Just get to the forwards list. There's a Lyndon Dykes, number one. Fuck Edward. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Morelos. They're not as handsome. <laughs> right. Who, uh, so that was your number seven as well. Your, no, sorry, your number seven was Matt Kennedy. My number yep. seven was Stephen Lawless. Who's your number six? Ryan Kent. Oh, I do have him higher as well. Ryan Kent, uh, <laughs> it's hard. To, it's hard to know what to make of Ryan Kent because again, it's similar to falls into the Mikey Johnston uh, mold. Talent alone, he should be number two. They said number two, number three, top four on my list. You have to, but you have to take into account his the fact that he is not. We, we've talked about this before. We I think we talked about it on the podcast. We certainly talked about it on the TV show. Uh, well, if they got cut or not, about uh, actually what we talked about. But for someone who costs seven million pounds, you want them to come in and dominate Scottish football. Certainly, uh, when playing for Rangers against the smaller uh, the, the smaller sides, he's just he's just not put up the. I, I don't want to uh, kind of rely 
solely on, on, on stats from argument, but he just not put up the numbers I'd want or expect for a player of both his price tag and his sorry, his price tag is quality and the players he has around him. When you consider he's got Morelos, like Morelos, Defoe, sometimes uh, sometimes Greg Stewart, uh, players break him from his field. Scott Arfield, Joe Arebo, he should he should be producing producing a lot more. That being said, the, so that that's that's kind of the key reason why he is so far down my list. That being said, I really like I really like watching him. I've said before that he reminds me of a bit of Billy McKay where he always looks like he's on the cusp of doing something, but without actually having that kind of... Uh, did I say Billy McKay? What was his... Uh, who am I thinking Barry of? Barry McKay. What? Barry McKay. Barry McKay. I always get him Billy, Brad and Barry, yeah. Barry, he always reminds me of Barry McKay. He always seems to be on the cusp of doing things, but he never really has that, has that follow-through. Yeah, I mean, but he has... Done that on the European stage, which is just which just uh, baffles me even more. Uh, and he's he's, he's again, did it against Celtic, so he can produce in those big moments. That consistency is just out of his reach at the moment. Really enjoyable to watch, though. My number six, uh, we're at number yeah, my number six is Chris Burke. So I'm higher than you. So. Yep. Fourth uh, in goals and assists, fifth in crossing accuracy, fifth in crosses per ninety. He's not the best dribble of the ball at this stage of his career, but he's in his, you know near enough. He's he's mid thirty, so a little more. Well, he's in his mid thirty, so a little more away with that. And as you, he's, I think he's in his nearly his late thirties. Ah, I think he is. Uh, he's not 36, 30, 37, I think thirty seven. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, one of the best crosses of the ball in the league, and somebody who can score goals. And as you said. Consistent, somebody who's very tactically disciplined player, somebody who mm-hmm. works hard for the team. Uh, yeah, you covered a lot of it earlier, but I just I cherished those aspects of Chris Burke's play more than you did, apparently. But I've got him number six. I think you had him at ten, did you not? Yeah. So that, by the end of that, by the end of this, uh, by the end of this conversation, I'll have rejigged my 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 list, and he might have uh, jumped up to, uh, a, a couple of places. I know I'm going to uh, face the wrath of uh, Craig Anderson when he listens and wonders why I've got him so low. I've, I fully expect that, and uh, I don't care. But he's he's, he's thirty six, not thirty seven, so he's he's thirty seven later on this year. Okay, who's your number five? My number five is, this is a player we had a conversation off air, uh, Yanis Hadji. Yeah, I didn't count him. I see him as a number 10, and I probably should have argued for him to be on the last list we've done, because I think he's a, I prefer him to Joe Rebo. Okay, yeah, that's, that, that, that's fair enough. The, the reason I've, I've put him in, just, just the way the Rangers play with their 4-3-3 and the, their... The, the three attackers, the two on the wide, they, they play pretty narrow, so it's hard to define that, uh, kind of separate them, because if you've got Ryan Kent, kind of plays in a similar position, but he's more regarded as a winger, Hadji is probably your more traditional playmaker, but I think we kind of forgot about him in the in the midfield, kind of in the midfield list. I think he deserves to be in one list, he even in a short space of time, he's shown himself, especially on the European stage, to be such a talented player. The big thing is how good he is with both feet. Both feet, he's got great vision. He, uh, I think if he was here from the start of the season, he would be a lot higher or he would have been on high up on the, the midfield list. You can see this as a player who 
you can understand. You can understand why Fiorentina bought him. You can understand why there has been a lot of talk regarding some of uh, Europe's biggest uh, clubs being interested in him. I don't think he might have. I don't think he's got the talent at the moment to go to. One of the names we mentioned was Real Madrid, which I think is uh, fanciful at most, probably because he's. he's his name and his dad's link uh, is uh, the link to his, his dad. But when you compare him to other players in Scotland, it, it, everything it makes everything look a lot easier than uh, the, than others. The way he takes the ball, the way he shields it, the, the, the things the things he can see, just just simple things like like touch and control, where it's it, it's almost like it's. Um, it's just kind of second nature to them, whereas some other players can make it look a wee bit difficult. So my number five, and I think this might be a little bit controversial to have him so low, uh, but it's Celtic's Mohamed El Yanoussi. Oh, got him, got, got him higher. I think uh, for for talent, for raw talent alone, I think he could be number one on the list. Mm. He, yes. He's such a, when he's at his best, he is such a force of nature, somebody who is not only, you know, he's like, his body's built. He's like built like Tom Rogic, and he's got like a similar goal threat. In fact, probably a better goal threat considering Tom Rogic's kind of drop off. Yeah, but he, he can shift, unlike Tom Rogic, and he can he can motor down the wing. He, he loves to run with the ball. The reason why I maybe got him a bit lower is that he, he does need. Well, I was going to say he needs work. He's not twenty six already. He'd maybe hope he'd already worked on this, but his twenty five. Twenty five. It's maybe to do with the. The small sample size, but that's another reason to have him low down. Is that it's not a huge sample size, and also because of the fact he spent a bit of the season out injured as well. I don't think he's played as much as maybe people would think. I think it's only like 22, 20 games, 20, 20, 20 games, games in all competitions. Yeah, yeah. Twenty games in all competitions isn't much. I think he does have something like six goals, though, does he not? In all competitions, he's got seven. Seven. So that's a pretty good return. So yeah. definitely deserves to be in the top five. But his crossing, uh, his crossing stats are really poor. His dribbling, uh, he loves to dribble with the ball, but he's not particularly great at actually getting around players and, and running with the ball and not losing it. So there's a lot of his game, there's a lot of holes in his game, I think is what I'm saying. But when he is on form and he is playing well, it, I don't think there's any fullback in Scottish football that can stop him. He's just too, too powerful, too fast, too talented. I will. I'll speak about him when when we get to get to my, my list. Okay. So who's your number four? My number four is Stephen Lawless. Yeah, I think we've just jumbled up this top eight, haven't we? Apart for the Hadji one. Yes. So Lawless, I, you made a lot of a lot of good points, especially when we talked about how it kind of be one off season and Livingston just suited him. But there's last season, obviously, he played a lot. The Livingston I can remember as as a wing back, and it just it just didn't suit him. Even when Livingston signed him, I wasn't overly uh, wasn't overly enamoured with the signing, and I, I did think Livingston would uh, potentially struggle, which they, they they proved me wrong. This season, I've I've loved watching Lawless, especially at the start of the season. He has he's not your he's not your traditional winger. He's always looking to come in field. Some of the passes he's, he's played in behind defences for the likes of Dykes, um, Dykes the Chase have been just immaculate. His, his, his vision, his uh, creativity, reverse balls where you look at what Scott, Scott Allen produces. Stephen Lawless produces that game because he's probably at an unfashionable club. It doesn't get, his, uh, get noticed as much. So the... the 
the reason he's been the reason he's so far so high up on my list is because how influential he's been with Livingston, being that link to uh, to London Dykes. I think London Dykes really appreciates playing playing with him, judging by a conversation he had uh, on, on on Instagram, if I remember correctly. The the enjoyment factor you get from from watching him has the, the surprise factor as well because like you I wasn't too sure of him at Park Thistle. I thought he was when he first came into the Premiership. I thought yeah, he's a pretty good he's a pretty good player, but he never really uh, kind of dominated games or had that consistent consistent spell at Thistle that which made him really stand out and could propel him up lists we've done before. So there was this surprise element of him doing it this season. But I just really really enjoyed watching him coming off the wing, looking for passes, playing one two, and he has he scored a few goals as well. So my number four, I think I'm going to guess, is your number two from the way you've been talking so far. And that is Hibernian winger Martin Boyle. Yes. So Boyle, just incredible. The fact that he, so far this season, so I think I had it written down here. Give me one second. So Martin Boyle has, this campaign, had a combined seven goals and assists. Now, that may not seem like much, but you have to remember that Martin Boyle barely played a game before December. Hmm. <laughs> so to get in the top like top 12 for goals and assists for wingers, having played so little football, I think tells you a lot about his abilities. And we all know what Boyle's great at. The guy is just lightning quick and he's got enough. Not only can he play on the, the wing, he can play in the middle. He's got enough crossing ability, enough uh, ability with the ball at his feet in terms of technique. He's got enough in terms of running with the ball that he can just about do everything in the final third. So, yeah, I've got Boyle pretty high. Uh, maybe... It's it's hard to even quantify where him and the next two players, I'm going to say, because I kind of had a hard time choosing between them from my orders of 4-3-2. Of but, yeah, maybe just, I don't know, maybe <laughs> not, as, not as good a crosser as the other two. I think that was, I think that was it where I came to the end. <laughs> Faster, though. And yeah, I do, I'm always a fan of speed, so it was very hard for me to pick between these guys. But, yeah, obviously Boyle's just been... Outstanding when he's when he's managed to play this season and has just continued to get better and better and I wonder if he will get that move or whether just at this stage of his career it is just that little bit too late for a Celtic for example to to come in mm. and pay the kind of money that Hibs would want to take him off their hands. Be I, think I, 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 what won't, I, won't, I won't talk about Boyle just yet, but I think. The Copa America could have been a big one for him in terms of in terms of getting that move. Yeah, if he went there and played played really well, because he's the type of player who he will go, he will turn up at a tournament playing against Messi, and it just won't phase him. He's just got that character who just just loves life and enjoys it. So he would have just like kind of taken any stride. But I'll, I'll talk about more. I'll talk about more uh, later on. I'm just astounded you've got you've put Niall McGinn ahead of him. <laughs> I'm going to get to my case for Niall McGinn later. Okay, <laughs> so my, my number three is Mohamed El Yunusi. Basically, just, just, just leaning on what I said in terms of just being able to absolutely destroy teams when he's on his game. Yeah, so exactly like you, what you said is he was put in there because of how talented, talented he is. I remember, uh, remember covering the Lazio game at... 
he was stinking. He was absolutely stinking. And there's a couple of journalists saying he's been a really poor signing for Celtic. But I think that was his last really bad poor performance. He just, he just didn't look like, oh, I think it was, a, was it a £16 million player? But then you seen what he did to he almost retired Tom James in this Betfred Cup semi-final. He was, he was just absolutely electric. He was everywhere. And the big thing is, is he is a reliable winger. I think he's, he's, he's pretty good defensively. He's played enough. He's played in a four-four-two for Norway, so he's so he's had to he's had to have that defensive side of the game despite being uh, a star name he's not had a big sample size he's not played a massive amount of uh, he's not had the massive amount of excellent games but I can see why Celtic signed him and brought him in to do a similar job to uh, Scott Sinclair where he's maybe not your traditional winger like you you mentioned about crossing the ball he might not be the best cross of the ball but he scores goals he comes up with big moments from wide positions and that's what he needs for uh, uh, that's what it's, it's, you need to do as a Celtic player. Right, I have at number three Ryan Kent. Okay. So okay. I'm big I'm bigger on Kent than you are, and I yeah. still think I, I do I, I talked about on the on the TV show the, the criticism of Kent and how it's warranted and how he's not had an assist well, he hadn't had an assist in over a year. But he's still he's still a great player running with the ball. He's, he's a very he's very good at that. He, he can terrorise defenders. He can, he can weave in and out. He is not a great crosser, but he's not a bad crosser either. He kind of ranks around around about average for that. He's obviously very fast. He's and yeah, the main thing is that he still he might not uh, he might not create a lot of goals or any, but he does score a lot of goals. Uh, he's got seven in the league. I think I must. I've not checked it, but he must have double figures in all competitions. He it goes. He needs to go still a bit away to live up to his price tag, and he needs to go even further to be the kind of investment the Rangers thought they were getting when they paid that money for them. They thought they were doing a similar thing that Celtic have done with Edward, basically where Celtic paid nine million for this player and Edward is sold in the summer. You'd have to think that Celtic can get thirty million for him. Kent's not going to get that kind of interest and he needs to perform a lot better. He needs to dominate games more than he does because he has too many matches where he, he, he's not he's just too invisible. But I still think he's a, a great talent and yeah, I've got him at number three. Still, not, actually, still not mentioned now again. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just baffled. The... I'm actually uh, surprised. Uh, he's, he's scored seven goals in the league. Yes, seven goals in the league, which is is more than I actually thought. I thought he'd, uh, I thought he'd only scored uh, two or three, but he's not had an assist in the league. Yeah, nah, that's uh, it's not great. He did have a couple against Hamilton. In Hamilton, the cup, yeah, yeah, and and forgetting that he, he scored a couple against Hearts. So effectively, effectively he scored three goals. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll say three goals. <laughs> Right, um, so you are up next with your number two. Martin Boyle, yeah, he is... There's few wingers, as as a Hearts fan, who scare me as much. Or there are few opposition players who scare me as much as as, as Martin Boyle. He is just electric. You mentioned his versatility. The fact that it doesn't matter if he plays centrally, as a wing back or just as a winger, he is he's just so so dangerous. I think he 
is a big part of uh, Hibs. It's, I think it's no surprise that Hibs got started to get better when he um, found his fitness, and he's really f- suited to having like Greg Dockey, etc. And where Hibs have been really, really dangerous on the counter attack. His his pace is just is just frightening. Two, it's, it's helped. What's helped boost him or uh, put him into second place is I've been witness to two of his best performances this season. So obviously his double against Hearts at Tynecastle, but also when Hibs beat Aberdeen three 0 Easter Road, it was so good, so good. And he just he keeps adding bits to his game that I maybe didn't think he had in him. The one of the goals against Aberdeen was. He got played through by Scott Allen. It was a great ball, great run. And Joe Lewis came out and rather than just uh, knock it past him, he kind of clipped it over him. Uh, as, as Lewis slid out, he just he just like lifted it over him and then scored. He's added great composure to his game because looking back when Hib signed him, he, just, he was just really raw. He, just, he came on leaps and bounds. And he doesn't look like he's... Uh, doesn't look like he shows. It's not really showed any signs of slowing because you think about it. He got a bad injury with his knee, came back, then got another bad injury. Think you're kind of worried about him at that point. Is if can he still have that pace? Can he still have that influence he had before? He's came back and he scored a really important goal against Livingston to keep Paul Heckenbottom in the job. And that was one of I think it was his maybe his first game back or first or second game back. It looked like he'd, uh, he'd never suffered uh, suffered an injury. I think that again points back to what I said about his character, and that he is uh, he's fearless. He uh, just he just enjoys playing football, and you can see that. So I, I really kind of feel feel sorry for him that he's not had that chance to go to Cop America this summer to to kind of rub it with uh, rub it with some of uh, football's biggest names. Martin Boyle, great player, but he's no Niall McGinn, my number two. <laughs> right, let me give you well, the number. Let me give you the numbers, and I'll, I'll leave it. I'll give an impassioned uh, defence of my pick as well. So Niall again, right? This season, twelve goals and assists combined. There's only two other players, Stephen Lawless, and a player we're going to talk about very quickly, who have done better than that. Crossing accuracy, thirty-eight point six, second in the top flight amongst wingers this season. Better than the likes of Kennedy Burke, uh, a player we're going to talk about soon, Ken. Uh, somebody else will not mention Lewis Smith much better than Martin Boyle much better than Johnny Hayes much better than Stephen Lawless and he does so at a high level as well he has crossed the ball six most times out of wingers in the top flight this season and in terms of dribbling and how successful he is dribbling with the ball going one-on-one with defenders he is fourth overall better than the number one that I'm pretty sure we've both got on this list Better than the likes of Boyle, better than Lawless, better than Kennedy, better than Dre Wright. This Aberdeen team is not very good. It's not very good to watch. I think we could everybody can agree on that. But this Aberdeen team was still quite possibly going to finish third in the top flight. I think we still might have said, yeah, they'll end up doing it because Aberdeen always seem to do it under Derek McInnes. And for them to do that when we've already spoken about it before. For a lot of the season, their left-back has been a centre-half in Andrew Considine. They have had a kind of rotating cast at right-back who aren't necessarily any good. Shea Logan's are obviously get coming, seems to be coming to the end of his Aberdeen career, at least at well past his peak for Shea Logan. And Zach Viner wasn't really much of a footballer. Greg Lee's played a bit, but he was obviously injured. You look further forward in the team. Ryan Hedges had a good start to the season, but then this tailed off. John Gallagher's not been up to much. 
Conor McLennan's played, but not really impressed that much. He's just a young player earning his way. Sam Cosgrove's kind of tailed off a bit this season. And they've had Lewis Ferguson for a lot of the campaign playing as a number 10. Niall McGinn is the central fulcrum of a team that was still managed to be in the top four and nothing else going for that side. I think he's often been a little... Well, no, I was going to... I think he's often been underrated by his own supporters who... For some reason, or it's maybe just on forums, but a lot of fans, he seems to split opinion a lot. It's maybe because he does always look like he's carrying a few extra pounds than he should. It's maybe because in games he does, particularly against the old firm, maybe maybe not do as much as he should, maybe not kind of grasp the game by the the scruff of the neck, is, is certainly as much as his talent would maybe allow him to. And there's always the fact that he's you know an ex-Celtic player who who grew up supporting Celtic and some Aberdeens just hate anything to do with anybody liking a team from Glasgow. So, and also, he first came back from Korea, wasn't quite himself, but I think this season he's been excellent. Really, really good this season. And he, he's also got the, the back catalogue as well to to help boost my my argument and that he, he was great for Aberdeen for years. Kind of had that waiver when he first came back from Korea, but then, I don't know if that was confidence shot, he needed an operation as well when he first came back. So I think that maybe had something to do with him taking a while to fit back into the team. But overall, I, my, now we're getting the season that has been terrific. And fuck it, number two. No, I mean, it was, it was an impassioned defence. Uh, I was scrolling through Twitter when you're going through all the stats. The... Um... <laughs> For someone who does who does enjoy stats, and stats, mainly just because I'd seen them before uh, before coming on, and that's why I kind of actually pushed now we get up. I think it was interesting when you, you. I think you made a lot of really good points points that I didn't really think of, but because when you mentioned about how poor Aberdeen have been to watch, I think that's been a key aspect. I know it's rich for me saying that uh, having. The, the shit the hearts have served up this season but Aberdeen one of the least interesting well not not least interesting but one of the dullest teams to watch at times this season I've watched quite a few of their games and that maybe didn't help in focusing in on their uh, or seeing some of their key he's, he's, he's the rose that's grown from concrete even these, it was it was it's even still hard to see that rose <laughs> There's a lot of concrete. <laughs> there was a lot of concrete. Right, I'm going to assume we've both got the same number one. Daniel Arzani. Yeah, of course. What a player. Baller. No, I've, uh, sorry, I've, I've got to mix up. I've gone from Marianne Schved. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually scored for Celtic, unlike... Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I know who the Ukrainians. Um, yeah, James Forrest. It was... It was one of those where just when writing my uh, writing my list out, it was like James Forrest, and then just hit the return button so many times. Right, he would just be out at number one, and then yeah. we'll deal with the, the the other eleven. I think it just summed up by twenty three goals and assists this season. That's just that, that's nine more than his closest challenger. That's incredible. Yeah, the like when it comes to these lists, I almost feel sorry for the uh, the Celtic players who reach number one who are like clearly in front especially James Frost because it's, it's almost just obvious why they're there yeah it's just no. it's just obvious why he's number one and 
But somebody like Forrest has got like so. For instance, he was somebody that always said lacked a, a final ball. That was the knock on Forrest for a lot of his career. That's obviously gone away the last three years, and I think it shows even in the stats. Like this season amongst wingers, he's the sixth best crosser in terms of accuracy. Now, that's something that you definitely could not have said about James Forrest early in his career when he seemed completely incapable of putting any bend on a football. Mm. He, he's gotten better. He he always had the blister and pace. He was always good at running with the ball. He was always a, a, a very good worker. All, uh, we saw under Brendan Rodgers that he was a very, very switched-on tactical and disciplined attacking player. As I've said before numerous times, he's one of the best attacking defenders in the league. You can you can stick James Forrest at wing-back against a very good left-sided attacker and he will do a good job. Yeah. Obviously, more so on the continent than at, at home because there's nobody really in Scottish football that would be good enough to stick James Forrest on and say, do a defensive job today. But he's he's got that in his locker. And he's, the last two, three years, more goals, more, more assists, just become a much more rounded and efficient player. In the final third, yeah, but I can't I can't add anything anything to that. The fact that Neil Lennon, the fact he's trusted whether it's he's I think Neil Lennon's played him left, right, or center. He's he, he does a job wherever wherever he's wherever he's played. He's added all those different elements to his game that maybe lacked four or five years ago. I just I've just really enjoyed the the, the story of his development and even even back when. There was doubts about. Him. I had doubts, but I didn't think he was as bad as players some may doubt because there's a lot of people just didn't like the fact he played for Scotland. But there's there's always been a player in there, so it was, it's really good to see how how he has developed. Right, and that's us. Plenty of disagreement this time. We, yeah, I, I think up until James Forrest, I don't think we agreed on a single position other than that. No, uh, we didn't. I think the closest we got was maybe Matty Ryan Hedges. I think. Yeah, hedges and there might be one more that kind of bled for one or the other. But yeah, yeah. it was a lot of uh, a couple. Of, it was anybody else that nearly made your list? I nearly had, I think, just outside the top twelve. Uh, I had Ilkay Durmas, who I didn't like at all at the start of the season, but I yeah, think kind of came on a game as as it's as it's kind of gone on. Uh, obviously, Dre Wright as well. I just had slightly outside my top as well. Uh, Lewis Smith. I thought looked pretty good yep. in a number of kind of categories I was looking at, but just not quite there yet. Yeah, I uh, had that, and then even Motherwell, I didn't really consider Orlando Aaron. So uh, I, I put I put Jermaine Hilton down, but he would have been it was more it was reluctant it was a, it was a reluctant uh, choice that didn't make the list. Right, I think I'll do this. Right, thanks very right. much, Joe, for joining me again. And uh, we'll maybe be back either next week or the week after with the top 12 forwards. So make sure Lovely. to check that. Also, be sure to check out Terrace Podcast. Oh, sorry, uh, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, where there's just loads of, loads of stuff. I think uh, Patreon started to actually put in, um, like, Boxes at the top. I don't know if uh, the, the whoever's logging on can see this, or it's just because we're the kind of creators. But it's got like how many shows and stuff that's been mm-hmm. put on. It's like five hundred and seventy or something. Oh, that's cool. That's 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 really handy to know. So you can get to your. Uh, so if you sign up, if you've never signed up before, patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. You won't all get all five hundred and seventy if you only pay two dollars a month. Uh, you only get to select ones for that. But if you if you pay $5 a month, or if you pay $7 a month, where you also get a t-shirt and a fanzine at the end of each season, then you will get access to all those 500-odd 
podcasts that we've done. Some of them, most of them are of a shorter variety, averaging in about 20, 25 minutes. But since the lockdown's happened, we've been going a lot longer on, on most of these. And most of those have just been the lengths of proper shows because well, we don't have anything else better to do. So <laughs> may, may as well give you guys more enjoyment listening at home. Uh, and, and I hope you are enjoying it. Yes, and we'll hopefully have a few interviews lined up over the next few weeks. That would be good because we've not yeah. done a few. We've not done an interview in a while. Yes. Um, and yeah, if you'd like to get in touch with us, best way to do so: Terrace Podcast uh, on Twitter, which is at, just at Terrace Podcast. And I think that's pretty much it. Joel, say goodbye. Goodbye. I'm Craig Fuller saying, "Stay safe, everybody." Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.